Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Israel is at the center stage of world events. Israel is the apple of God's eye. It is from Jerusalem, the eternal capital of Israel, that Yeshua will one day rule and reign for 1,000 years. All nations will stream to Mount Zion, which is Jerusalem, to be taught the Torah by the Messiah Yeshua, as it is written in Isaiah 2, 1-3. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains, and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow to it. And many people shall go and say, Come, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the Torah, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. If you want to understand prophetic end-time events and what the God of Israel is doing in these last days, we must keep our eye on Israel. I encourage you to sign up for Israel on Target. We give you the top three news stories coming from Israel each week, along with scriptures to pray over Israel. To sign up, go to dailyaudiotorah.com and sign up today. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation. Today we finish up the Torah portion, Vayeshev, and it means, And he settled. Genesis 40, 1-23 Sometime later, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer and chief baker offended their royal master. Pharaoh became angry with these two officials, and he put them in the prison where Joseph was, in the palace of the captain of the guard. They remained in prison for quite some time, and the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, who looked after them. While they were in prison, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night, and each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that they both looked upset. Why do you look so worried today? he asked them. And they replied, We both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. Interpreting dreams is God's business, Joseph replied. Go ahead and tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream first. In my dream, he said, I saw a grapevine in front of me. The vine had three branches that began to bud and blossom, and soon it produced clusters of ripe grapes. I was holding Pharaoh's wine cup in my hand, so I took a cluster of grapes and squeezed the juice into the cup. Then I placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. This is what the dream means, Joseph said. The three branches represent three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift you up and restore you to your position as his chief cupbearer. And please remember me and do me a favor when things go well for you. 
mention me to Pharaoh so he might let me out of this place. For I was kidnapped from my homeland, the land of the Hebrews, and now I'm here in prison, but I did nothing to deserve it. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given the first dream such a positive interpretation, he said to Joseph, I had a dream too. In my dream, there were three baskets of white pastries stacked on my head. The top basket contained all kinds of pastries for Pharaoh, but the birds came and ate them from the basket on my head. This is what the dream means, Joseph told him. The three baskets also represent three days. Three days from now, Pharaoh will lift you up and impale your body on a pole. Then birds will come and peck away at your flesh. Pharaoh's birthday came three days later, and he prepared a banquet for all his officials and staff. He summoned his chief cupbearer and chief baker to join the other officials. He then restored the chief cupbearer to his former position, so he could again hand Pharaoh his cup. But Pharaoh impaled the chief baker, just as Joseph had predicted, when he interpreted his dream. Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. Amos 7, 1 to 9, 15 The Sovereign Lord showed me a vision. I saw him preparing to send a vast swarm of locusts over the land. This was after the king's share had been harvested from the fields and as the main crop was coming up. In my vision, the locusts ate every green plant in sight. Then I said, O Sovereign Lord, please forgive us, or we will not survive, for Israel is so small. So the Lord relented from his plan. I will not do it, he said. Then the Sovereign Lord showed me another vision. I saw him preparing to punish his people with a great fire. The fire had burned up the depths of the sea and was devouring the entire land. Then I said, O Sovereign Lord, please stop, or we will not survive, for Israel is so small. Then the Lord relented from this plan, too. I will not do that either, said the Sovereign Lord. Then he showed me another vision. I saw the Lord standing beside a wall that had been built using a plumb line. He was using a plumb line to see if it was still straight. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? I answered, A plumb line. And the Lord replied, I will test my people with this plumb line. I will no longer ignore all their sins. The pagan shrines of your ancestors will be ruined, and the temples of Israel will be destroyed. I will bring the dynasty of King Jeroboam to a sudden end. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent a message to Jeroboam, king of Israel. Amos is hatching a plot against you right here on your very doorstep. What he is saying is intolerable. He is saying Jeroboam will soon be killed, and the people of Israel will be sent away into exile. Then Amaziah sent orders to Amos, Get out of here, you prophet. Go on back to the land of Judah and earn your living by prophesying there. Don't bother us with your prophecies here in Bethel. This is the king's sanctuary and the national place of worship. But Amos replied, I'm not a professional prophet, and I was never trained to be one. I'm just a shepherd, and I take care of sycamore fig trees. But the Lord called me away from my flock and told me, Go and prophesy to my people in Israel. 
Now then, listen to this message from the Lord. You say, don't prophesy against Israel. Stop preaching against my people. But this is what the Lord says. Your wife will become a prostitute in this city, and your sons and daughters will be killed. Your land will be divided up, and you yourself will die in a foreign land, and the people of Israel will certainly become captives in exile far from their homeland. Revelation 3, 7-22 Write this letter to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. This is the message from the one who is holy and true, the one who has the key of David. What he opens, no one can close, and what he closes, no one can open. I know all the things you do, and I have opened a door for you that no one can close. You have little strength, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. Look, I will force those who belong to Satan's synagogue, those liars who say they are Jews but are not, to come and bow down at your feet. They will acknowledge that you are the ones I love. Because you have obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown. All who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of my God, and they will never have to leave it. And I will write on them the name of my God, and they will be citizens in the city of my God, the new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also, buy white garments for me so you will not be shamed by your nakedness and ointment for your eyes, so you will be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love, so be diligent and turn from your indifference. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Psalm 131, 1-3 Lord, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I don't concern myself with matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. Instead, I have calmed and quieted myself like a weaned child who no longer cries for its mother's milk. 
Yes, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord, now and always. Proverbs 29.23 Pride ends in humiliation, while humiliation brings honor. I want to speak to you from our Torah portion from Genesis chapter 40. And then we'll go into Revelation. Have you ever felt like you were imprisoned in a jail, absolutely stuck in your circumstances? And then you've cried out to God and cried out to God, and it seems like you've been forgotten. This is how Joseph may have felt when he was in prison. And he interpreted the two dreams for the baker and the chief cupbearer. He interpreted the dreams correctly. They both came to pass. But then when the chief cupbearer got out of jail and was reinstated in his position as a cupbearer to the pharaoh, he completely forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. Beloved, there may be times when we may live out the script of Joseph. Often, it's a, with biblical history as prophecy, the script gets played again later in time. The actors may change, but the script remains the same. And so it's a replay. It's the same script, but just different actors, the same director. Yeshua is the grand director of this grand play. And so you may go through a season in your life where perhaps you're living out the script of Joseph, and you may go through a season where you feel absolutely trapped or imprisoned in a terrible job situation or maybe a very bad marriage situation. But you're entrapped in some way in a situation that you have no power over, that you're just trapped and you simply have to wait upon God. Yet Joseph is the suffering servant. And God placed him in Egypt, placed him as a slave in Potiphar's house, then placed him in prison strategically. Because ultimately, God's plan was he was going to use Joseph to save the entire nation of Israel during this drought. So he had to get Joseph into Egypt. He had to position him strategically in the jail where he would meet this cupbearer and then the cupbearer would remember later on oh yeah pharaoh you've had a dream i know someone who knows how to interpret dreams let me tell you about joseph so all of it was orchestrated by god so that joseph would ultimately become the right hand of pharaoh and then when his brothers come later to buy grain then Joseph was going to be used of the Lord to save the nation of Israel. And so sometimes these things happen to us and it's we don't want to go into a victim mentality, a victim spirit. No, God is sovereign. God is in control. He is El Elyon. He is the Most High. And he has ordered and orchestrated our circumstances in our life for a, a purpose and for a reason. And it's faith to wait upon the Lord and allow him to continue to orchestrate the circumstances so that his will will be accomplished 
in our life. Now I want to jump into Revelation chapter 3. And this, the letter is continuing with some admonitions and words to the seven churches. And now this is the church in Philadelphia that John is speaking to, that the Holy Spirit is speaking to through John. And so this letter is the most encouraging one of all. Verse 8, I know all the things you do, and I have opened a door for you that no one can close. You have little strength, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. Look, I will force those who belong to Satan's synagogue, those liars who say they are Jews but are not, to come and bow down at your feet. They will acknowledge that you are the ones I love. Beloved, it's very important to be connected to and in relationship with a local fellowship. And if the fellowship where you've been going has shut down because of the COVID pandemic, a true pastor with a shepherd's heart is going to find a way to meet with his sheep and feed them and love them and provide for them and take care of them. I recently met the leader of a home group here in Arizona. And I was just bowled away by his heart, the shepherd's heart that he has. And he told me that they never stopped meeting. Even when the COVID pandemic hit and everything went into lockdown, shut down, quarantine, they still continue to meet. Now, they're a small group. They're not a big mega church. They're not on anybody's radar. Um, and they're sort of a hidden underground little group. They meet in homes from home to home to home. And so they're a smaller group, maybe five or six families. But that took boldness, that took courage, and that took a laid down life of sacrifice. And it took a, a heart of love to continue to meet in spite of the conditions of this pandemic. Now, other churches I know of, they have not met since February. And they've gone to streaming their services online. And, um, you know, there's Zoom and Zoom is interactive and Zoom, you can talk with one another, pray for one another. It's very interactive. It's almost as good, but not quite as good as actually meeting in person. And then, of course, you can stream your services on YouTube. But then, basically, for the really large megachurches that are doing that, they stream their services on online, live on YouTube. It's a performance. It's a show. It's not interactive. It's not relational. It's not like you actually get to talk to each other or pray for one another or allow the, the gifts of the Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit to flow amongst you. It's just a performance and a show. And so I believe that what God is doing through this pandemic is he's really testing the body. He's sifting, sorting, and separating. And those fellowships that continue to meet under the radar in a hidden underground fashion from home to home where the believers continue to meet and, and thrive and be in the word and pray for one another and have fellowship with one another, I believe God is going to really bless those fellowships 
But the fellowships that have stopped meeting in person and they just put on a performance every week on YouTube, I don't think that God is going to be in that. Um, it's like the show must go on. Well, it shouldn't be a show. It shouldn't be a performance. It's all about relationship. It's all about showing love one to another and love to God. So as we continue looking at this church in Philadelphia, it goes on to say, Because you have obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. So this is a promise from the Lord. Basically, he is saying, because you have persevered and you've been obedient, I'm going to protect you from the time of great testing that is coming upon the whole world. So this is a real admonition for us to be like the church of Philadelphia. We are to persevere. We are to endure. We are to keep on keeping on. We are not to quit or give up. And when we do that, God has a promise for us. Now, I believe that the Church of Philadelphia was truly marked with how they loved one another. And they were tried, and they were tested, and they went through some persecutions, they went through some testings, and they persevered through the testings. And because of that, they were going to be spared And so that is something that we need to be doing in our fellowships, is to persevere. Persevere through this COVID pandemic. Persevere and keep on meeting. Keep on fellowshipping. Keep on staying in the word. Keep on being the one another people that loves one another, serves one another, prays for one another, supports one another. To be that one another people. So Heavenly Father... I pray that each and every person listening would be connected to some kind of a fellowship group, whether it's on Zoom or in person, in a home setting, underground, wherever and whatever it might be. But I pray that each person listening would be connected to a local fellowship group and that you would bless each and every fellowship group, Father, that you will give many shepherds that are meeting hidden, underground, in homes. Give them courage, give them boldness, give them obedience, give them a heart of love to love the sheep, to love the flock, that they're willing to lay down their life for the flock. And Father, those that are in ministry, that are leading in ministry, and they're only in it for the money or for to putting on a show and putting on a performance, Father, I thank you that you are doing the sifting and the sorting and the separating. That it's not me, but it's you. You're doing that. So, Father, if there are any listening today who don't have any kind of a fellowship group at all, or they're in a group that is in the performance mode, just putting on a show and they need to make a change, I pray that you will guide them. Guide them to a new group that they can align with, that they can connect with, that they can be a part of. And let the signpost be, go where the love is. Go where the love is. So, Father, may you do that realignment. 
May you move the pieces on the chess table. May you place and position each person exactly where you want them to be. And may we all be a part of a church that is like the Church of Philadelphia, a church that is marked with love, that we show love one to another, that we lay down our lives for one another, that we support one another and pray for one another and care for one another. I thank you, Father, for the days that we're living in. These are exciting times, and we trust in you. Our eyes are upon you. We love you, Yeshua, and we love your word. We bless you, we praise you, and we thank you. In Yeshua's name, amen. The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.